Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Joshua 1 is where we are. We're beginning, uh, we talked last time about the making of a true leader and we began our search and today we'll have a little bit of review and then we'll move on into these first few verses of Joshua to get some clues from the Word of God about what leadership means. Understand that the Lord doesn't want us to be babies, He wants us to grow up. And to grow up means that we take on a place of leadership. Now your, your circle of leadership Maybe in a family, it may be among friends, it may look small or it may be in a company, it may look uh, quite large, but every one of us are to grow into a place of spiritual leadership. Beginning with verse 1, chapter 1 of Joshua, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Remember, the Bible says that Moses was a superhero of the old covenant people. The Bible says that there was nobody in the earth that was as humble as Moses. Wow, what a tribute, right? Moses was and is a superhero to God's people, Old and New Testament. But notice that the description of Moses was the servant of the Lord. Jesus said, the greatest among you shall be what? Your servant. How many of you know that we have gotten into an entitlement stage in our culture? Entitlement stage, even in the church, of wanting promotion without service. Jesus said, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Moses, the servant of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. We said this last time. One of the greatest ways to be promoted is to be somebody's assistant. That is to sit under that person or persons that you greatly admire and want some of that to rub off on you. Moses' assistant was Joshua, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan you and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Now last time, we reviewed the very last chapter of the preceding book, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 34, and we saw in the ninth verse a clue as to why it was that Joshua was being promoted. Why it was that God had promoted him and chosen him as the leader of his people. Verse 9 says, Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses had laid his hands on him. There is a transfer in the realm of the spirit into the realm of the natural. Over and over again in the scriptures, God talks about the laying on of hands, Old and New Testament. He talks about the anointing of oil. He talks about the receiving of the broken body and shed blood through the elements of Holy Communion. 
over and over again, there is a supernatural transfer. Something happens in the spirit realm that is triggered by something in the natural. Remember what Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.6, Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Can I ask you something? Where are you associating with spiritual leadership? Where you associate with spiritual leadership, or natural leadership for that matter, is going to rub off and transfer to you. So be careful. Turn back to the left there in Numbers. Go back one more book to the book of Numbers. Chapter 14. We're getting a clue of why Joshua was chosen. In fact, you'll see, very interestingly enough, just by array of review last time, verse 6, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh were among those who had spied out the land. Remember what God said, I promised my man Abraham a land forever. I promised him this land that flows with milk and honey, and I promised all the blessings of my covenant would rest on him as he possessed that land by faith and obedience. Well, for 400 plus years, the children of Israel had been in Egypt. There in Egypt, they were making mud bricks to build the empires of the Egyptian pharaohs. But remember, God called out Moses and said, I am choosing you to lead my people out of this land of bondage into that land which I swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They got to the verge of that land, and Moses sent out one spy from each of the 12 tribes. Ten of them came back with a report. They're giants over there. We can't have this land. There's no way we can do it. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Two men, Joshua being one, gave a report. In verse 7 says, They spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed out to spy out is exceedingly a good land. If the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord, verse 9, but fear, and, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. They're toast. Their protection has departed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Verse 10 tells you how that, went, how that went down. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But notice the next sentence says, But the glory of the Lord intervened and entered into the tabernacle of meeting. Hmm. How... Is Joshua's leadership, what kind of start is it getting off to? Would you have been encouraged the first time you stepped up and made a declaration before the people and said, listen to me, we can do this. And everybody said, let's stone that guy. (laughs) Would you have a, a party of celebration that day? Last time we saw, verse 28, what God said to the children of Israel. He told Moses to say to them, verse 28, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, I will do to you. What did they speak in his hearing? Look at verse 2. 
they complained against their leadership. And they said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And they said to one another, let's fire Moses, select a leader, and go on back to Egypt. And now Joshua stands up and says, it doesn't have to be that way. God is a mighty God. Listen, these enemies out there, all the ites, the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites, they're nothing compared to our God. We can have it. And after your fiery speech, the people said, let's kill this guy. Going pretty good so far. Not only that, but you know what God said to Joshua and Caleb? He said, you're going to have a place in the land. You are going to have a place in the land. But in the meantime, for 40 years, these people are going to wander around in the desert to have, to have it their way. They're going, I, I have dealt and dealt and tried and tried and tried And they have insisted on having it their way, so I'm going to let them, and they're going to die in the wilderness over the course of these 40 years. Oh God, don't let us have it our way. Going to let them have it their way. And uh, does that do anything to you about leadership? Do you understand that this man stood up to lead and he was right on target with his faith. He was obeying God. He was doing things right. But part of his assignment for the next 40 years is to watch those he loved die in the wilderness. So what are we trying to say, Pastor? Part of the training of a leader is not very popular. Part of the training of a leader is having to sometimes pay the price of the choices of those that you're leading when you have tried your best to get them not to make those choices. How is that fair? Well, let me ask you this. How is it fair for God Almighty to love you and have mercy and grace on you when you don't always particularly act like a Joshua. Thank God for his faithfulness, yes? Thank you, Lord. Part of the training of a leader is a suffering. and But notice he didn't throw the people away. He stuck with them. Some of you have family members. Some of you have close friends that you have tried your best to lead them on into the land of God's highest and best, but out of their own choices they have failed to believe or obey. Don't abandon them. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting God. Keep on obeying Him. And be willing to suffer with the grace of God for those He's chosen you to lead. Anybody can lead when it's rah-rah and hooray, 
But when you have to suffer, that's when the making of a true leader is developed. Now, I know that's not popular preaching today. Joshua suffered. It included pain and rejection. Let me ask you something. After Joshua made his speech, his first documented attempt to lead the children of Israel that turned out to be such a disaster. Isn't it interesting that part of the development of this leader is that his success was not dependent on results. We live in a results-oriented culture, yes or no? Results. I mean, if your favorite ball team goes six and six, that's not success. Can I ask you something? What is your definition of success? No, think about it. What is your definition of success? Is it what you've been able to accumulate? Is it how others perceive you? Is it where you live or what you drive or what you wear? Is it your educational level? What is your definition of success? What is it that you say, I, this made me successful? God developed leadership in a man who outwardly his success was a disaster. If you are defining your own success by anything except the ongoing eternal relationship that you have with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And remember this, God's definition of success is not long. It's in one word, faithfulness. Are you faithful? Are you faithful where He put you? Are you faithful, are you faithful with what He's given you? Do you know that when we get to heaven... A lot of the superstars that we think are great in the kingdom of God will probably be surpassed by those little old ladies who nobody has ever known a word about them, didn't have a clue what their name was, no name recognition. They were faithful. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Joshua remained faithful even through his pain. What is your de definition of success? Jesus said, if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul, what does it profit you? Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for us, with our love, the fruits of the Spirit, our resources, it is time for us to get focused on distribution instead of accumulation. What am I what, God, how are you going to entertain me? What am I going to get out of this? We ought to be focusing on Lord. How do you want me to serve? Who do you want me to serve? What is my assignment? Oh, it's staying with these people who won't listen to me. It's loving them. It's walking with them. It's going to their funerals every day for 40 years. Here I am, Lord. 
I'm your servant, whatever. Are you ready? Leadership is not always pretty. Some of you get up in the 2 and 3 o'clock in the mornings to pray for your children and grandchildren. That is part of what God sees. That is what blesses his heart. Joshua is making of a leader. We said that Joshua walked under the covering of his spiritual 70 elders in that that Moses developed and Moses as his mentor. But notice verse 2, the making of a leader is, Moses, my servant, is dead. Remember what we said last time? Great leaders will have their security removed from them at some point. Oh, what do you mean, Lord? You, you took my mentor. You took the man that I could always go to and count on. You took my source of, of recognition and affirmation. You took him to be with you. Do you know that at some point every great leader is going to have their security removed? It's just going to be you and God. And you're going to have to figure it out at some point. You can't rely on somebody else. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, get up. Arise. Go on. Don't get stuck there in the what am I going to do. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them. Remember this, that in the development of great leaders, there's not only going to be the withdrawal of your security, but you're going to have a challenge that is too big for you. The very first assignment was the Jordan River that, by the way, had overflowed its banks. So here's a man who'd never been the leader, never been the man who is now charged with getting three million people across a river that had overflowed its banks, and those people didn't have a very good track record. Sooner or later, you're going to have an assignment given you that's way too big for you. Way too big for you. Running that successful business is going to be way too big for you. Bringing your family together in peace and harmony and, and, and the restoration of relationships is going to be way too big for you. Sooner or later, every great leader has to understand, I can't fix this. Can I ask you something today? What are you still trying to fix that you have no control over? Every great leader has to make his declaration of dependence. And recognize we're totally dependent on God. Notice he said, go across this Jordan. Now last week, we left off with verse 2 last week. Last time we met, we just read this, but I want to go into it today, verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, in other words, I didn't change my mind, it's the Word of God. I have given you this land. 
But notice, God didn't say, okay, now, Joshua, I want you to get the people across the Jordan River, and when you get over there, all you're going to find are carcasses of the enemy, and, uh, you know, just walk into Jericho and all the, all the cities over there, and uh, it's all yours. All you got to do is just believe I'm telling you the truth. Wrong. How many of you know that God is calling you to a partnership? Without Him, you can't. But without you, He won't. This is a partnership. You've got to step on something. Jesus said, I'm going to give you who believe in me the authority to tread on scorpions and serpents. No demon of hell can stop you. Are you taking possession of your business, your land, your family, your home and the atmosphere of it? Are you taking possession of what God wants to do? Isaiah 54, 17, there is no weapon formed against you that can prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is your heritage as a servant of the Lord. Your heritage is from me, says the Lord. God has the final word. Matthew 16, 18, when you get revelation that Jesus is the Lord of your life, the Lord of your business, the Lord of your home, Jesus said, with that revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not be able to prevail against it. Well, I've got customers, I've got all this, I've got church members, I've got people coming against me. The gates of hell shall not be able to prevail against you. Jesus is the Lord of your life. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth is given unto me. Are you in Christ? Well, if you will abide in him, you're walking in the authority of the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. I love the promise of Romans 8. We all know of 28. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Do you know 38? For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The authority. But are you, are, are you stepping on the land? Are you, are you taking the Word of God, the promises of God, and stepping on the land? Well, I'm doing it, Pastor, but it doesn't seem like it's working. What about the promises of God say, quit if it doesn't look like it? Where is that promise? Everybody say this with me. It is not my job to survey the results. It is my job to see the command and do it. Tread on it. 
every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. What has God given you? Or are you having all kinds of financial disorder? Father, I see in your holy word that it is your desire to meet all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I see that you are my shepherd and I shall not want. I see that if I bring all the tithes into the storehouse, you will open the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing till it overflows. I see that all the plans that you have for me are for good and well-being and not for calamity to give me a future and a hope. I see that you desire above all things that I may prosper and be in good health even as my soul prospers. And so I hereby step on the land and I hereby declare in the name of Jesus that I'm a recipient of your grace and mercy, that I'm totally dependent on you, that as I partner with you that you're out there working in areas that I can't even see. You'll wake people up in the middle of the night if necessary. I believe that you will shake the warehouses of my provision and dispatch holy angels to bring my provision. I shall not want. Oh, I, I see the enemy trying to pull my son and daughter or my grandchildren away from the love of God and walking in the Spirit of God. I'm going to step on my ground today and I'm going to say, oh God, you know that my heart cry has been for my children and those under the influence that you've given me. And regardless of what I see today, I declare that those children are yours. They belong to you. I do not own my children. I am not an owner, but I am a steward. And by faith, I partner with you today. And I declare that there is no weapon that is formed against my child that is going to prosper. I declare today that those who rise against my child will be defeated by the power and the presence of God Almighty. I believe whatever it takes that if my child is walking with somebody evil, that you will drive a wedge between them and every evil person. I declare in the name of Jesus, my child is not up for grabs. They belong to God. If you wanted a quiet little message, you came to the wrong place today. Watch the promise. You step on the land with the word that I've given you. Notice what he says there. Every place that you tread on, I've given you. But notice verse 4 and 5. He starts defining where that place is. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river and the great river Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Can I ask you something? Do you know where your territory is? Has God given you that business? Has God given you those customers? Has God given you those accounts? Has God given you those children? Has God given you that relationship? Has God given it to you? Understand that God has not given you everything.
You ever seen those who go around saying, you say, well, how are you doing today? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. Like that part. Then they say something like, I'm a money magnet. I'll win the lottery today. You did. Yes, by faith I am. Wait a minute now. You've got to stay in the land God has assigned you. You got look, can are you listening to me? This is not gonna feel good. It's not my job to make you feel good. Are, are you listening to me? Are you sure God has assigned you to be in control or try to fix somebody close to you? Are you sure? Are you sure that God has assigned you to be in charge and in control over those He has placed in your life? Are you sure God has assigned you? Look, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Are you listening? The more you don't walk in your assignment, the more you get out of your assignment, the more you try to be God in somebody else's territory, the more you get over out of your boundary, you're trespassing. And trespassing brings penalty. The more you try to step into somebody else's ground, the more they're going to see you as a controlling, manipulative (laughs) nuisance. How'd I do with that? (laughs) I don't know what, I get out of line sometimes, but you get the point. Are you staying in your ground? You don't have authority over somebody or somewhere that God has not given you as your assignment. Your assignment. The problem with most of us is we don't take authority in the assignment we've been given. And sometimes we want somebody else's assignment because it looks a lot better and more successful than ours. If you stay in your territory, your responsibility, your gifts. I know some think that they're gifted to pastor the church. And you may be. But not this church. I said that pretty nice, didn't I? (laughs) Your gifts. Those don't want somebody else's gift. God has given you special gifts. Find out what they are and walk in them. When we do that, we understand this. The only place where God has promised that I will succeed, the only place where God has promised that I will have authority, the only place where He's promised that I'll be in my place of leadership and people will begin to see that, the only place is where is my assignment. 
And boy, what a special place that is. Some of you need to go to your business tomorrow and reclaim the ground. The devil has polluted the atmosphere of your workplace. You know, through passivity and negligence, we can allow thieves to come onto our territory. Some of you need to really earnestly go before the Lord and rekindle the promises of God that your children belong to Him, not the enemy. There's a whole lot for us to do in light of this message today. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I cannot wait to share the next part of this message with you next Sunday. Let's stand. Lord, you can use me. Would you say to the Lord right now in the privacy of your own heart, Lord, I may not look like much, but neither did Joshua. But I know from your word today that you can do mighty things through me. And so today, I'm going to get up, I'm going to rise up today out of the deception of being dependent and looking to other people for my security and I'm going to say to you today you are my security and I say to you today God that there is nothing that can ever happen to me that you yourself are not involved and will filter the outcome for your glory and my good And I'm going to rise up today like Joshua. And I'm going to declare that what you've given me, I'm going to take the authority of the Word of God and I'm going to stand in faith and independence. It's not enough for me to just take the Word. I need to stand in faith and dependence on you. The final outcome's in your hands. But I'm going to obey you. I'm going to take the ground that you've given me. Lord, I believe the wonderful promise that you will never forsake nor leave me. The results are not up for grabs. They're in your hands. And I can trust you. I can trust you. In the name of Jesus, make a leader out of me, Lord. Make a leader out of me. And if I already am a leader, take me to another level. In the precious, holy name of Jesus, all the people said, Amen. We'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.